but healthcare is the number one thing that we spend our money on, and yet it's the only thing that we never know what it's going to cost, mm-hmm. ever. Hello, and welcome to the Payer Revolution podcast, where it's my job to help equip the CEOs, CFOs, and owners of U.S. companies to take control of their employee medical benefits and reform the healthcare system as a side effect. I'm Quinn Peterson, and I'm excited this week to talk with my guest, John Anderson. John's background is a little different than my usual guest because in addition to the usual experience in the healthcare field, John has spent more than 12 years managing physician practices and he has serious marketing chops. I've just been super impressed with his success in using these marketing skills to teach people how to be educated healthcare consumers. And we'll talk about that because it is so important. But that's not all. John is currently working at an insurance company. And here on the podcast, we have bagged on insurance companies because they're generally part of the problem. But John's insurance company, Motive Health, has actually managed to align their interests with their customers. And I'm excited to talk about that. John, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Quinn. Good to be here. Well, let's start with the background. Now, a big part of your career has been in marketing and publishing. Tell us what it is you do now and how you got here and what is your interest in employee medical benefit? Um, yeah, we've just done marketing for, for years and years. Uh, we ran a magazine for 25 years called Healthy Magazine in multiple states. Motive Health, before it was Motive Health, we were helping them do some of their marketing. They dove into this industry wanting to solve the high cost of health care. And I know that that's a big ask. It's a big, big task. But that's where we're, where we're at. And I uh, had this opportunity. My friend Dave Hall is the, the owner. He started this after taking a, a former company public. They, they do HSA health plans and health equity. He took that public. But he said, you know, we, we still didn't solve the high cost of health care. And I want to do that. I want to start an insurance company that's transparent, that's open, that helps helps us do this. One of the issues was... I haven't had a job in 25 years. Like, do I really want to go work at an insurance company? They're the bad guys. Mm -hmm. And I started analyzing why are they the bad guys. It comes down to two things. Your insurance and nobody understands you. And your insurance and nobody trusts you. And so I started saying, okay, well, maybe one of our first jobs to tackle is how do we help the public understand insurance and how do we help them trust insurance? By the way, are we a trustworthy company? I mean, that, that, we, we started there, like internally. Are, are we putting out a product that people could trust? And then how do we help them understand it? Motive Health is, is set up to be completely transparent and, and show people up front what they're going to they expect. So let's talk a little bit about this claim that I made that the insurance companies, that we bag on them. And t- tell, me what, tell me what you're seeing from your side. Uh, I think the doctors get a lot of the blame incorrectly. A lot of people think, oh, the problem with healthcare is doctors. And it's not. They mm-hmm. typically don't even know what the things cost themselves. Right. So you get back to the root of, well, who's setting the price of said procedures? And it's usually the facilities. A facility that has a facility cost that invites a physician in to perform a procedure is the one that's going to set a cost. And an insurance company is generally on the side of the patient to say, well, this is what we've negotiated so that you can get cheaper costs than if you had to go and and do it yourselves. The problem in all of the industry is nobody's open about what those costs are, nor is there really language to communicate that. You can, you know, if, you, if you look at the, what, what procedures are called and the, the CPT codes, current mm-hmm. procedural terminology, all those things, um, 
People don't know what what what, are, what those are. And also, when you go and have a problem medically, you don't know what it is that you need. And so you're usually out and under when the doctor's mm -hmm. figuring out, well, actually, here's the problem. And so that's going to be this code, and that's what it's called. And so it is a little bit tricky to know what things cost up front. But historically, we can look back now and go, well, when we've done an appendectomy or a hernia repair or a bunionectomy or whatever it might be, these are on average what those should cost. Mm -hmm. So, Who is doing that, that assessment? Is that your job as the insurance company or who's doing that? You know, it's a great question because there's everybody that touches the healthcare industry has data. And the question is, well, what's the most important data? Mm -hmm. In Utah, we have the all-payer claims database put out by the Department of Health. And that shows historical trends and you can have access to that over a period of time to see well, what what have these particular procedures cost what what have all the different payers paid for that particular procedure so you could do a deep dive analysis if you want to but then that would require somebody in the medical field to go well i'm really interested in in knowing that mm -hmm. um, just recently in the last year or so it's been mandated that we are supposed to be transparent with our pricing so everybody is supposed to be showing what things cost and that's one of those deals that it sounds good okay we can now know and everybody complies the hospitals and so on they'll put a pdf on their website somewhere that shows their thirty thousand procedures and what those costs are but the average patient doesn't even know what those procedures are, what those terminology is, and therefore the costs are irrelevant, especially as it pertains to an individual who needs a broken arm repair or mm -hmm. something like that. Yeah, I've gone to look at the Charge Master posted online, and I'm like, well, okay, but I'm sure that's not the only, I mean, what other things went into this? But what we really want to talk here about is the employers, the people who are really footing the bill for most of the healthcare in this country. Given how painful conversations about employee medical benefits are, why do you think business leaders should be paying attention to this issue? Yeah. Uh, I don't know how painful the conversations are other than for a company, it's an expense that you have to incur. I mean, nowadays, especially in high demand fields, computer programming, you better be offering a really killer insurance program. That's one of the differentiators between what you're paying versus what, what you're uh, you know, providing in terms of health benefits. But yeah, so what should they be asking? What, what, why should they pay attention to this? Yeah, why should they be paying attention to it? A, it's a cost. It's a huge bottom line cost. B, it's one of the best ways to retain excellent employees. I mean, if you offer a rich benefit, then your employees will stick around. If you don't know, well, what's the, what's the best way to offer the best benefits at the best price? Um, you kind of generally will have a broker and they'll give you some options and you'll have to just pick one. What we've seen, the problem is, um, and, and maybe it does get back to why it's painful, on average, the premium charged to a business is 8% growth per year. Well, fast forward that over five years. You know, if you have a million dollar health insurance benefit over five years at 8% growth, you know, that's hundreds of thousands of dollars of, of increase. Mm -hmm. And most companies think, there's nothing I can do about that. That's right. just the way that it is. It's the industry. It's inflation. It's, it's just the cost of it. But nobody's really diving in and going, does it need to be that way until now? Now companies are starting to, insurance as well as hospitals and everybody's starting to say, well, maybe there's a way to... Uh, to help companies be a little bit more involved at the at the center. If I were running a business 
and I had some part of my business that was um, accelerating 8% a year in terms of costs, I would do a lot of research to figure is that the best way to, to provide these widgets? Is there a better way to get the, the materials so that I can decrease that 8% because that one's going up a lot. It's what's happening in their insurance. And yet a lot of them aren't looking at it, they just assume that's the way that it is. Yeah. There's, this, there's this element of helplessness to the whole thing. It's, it's such a complex thing that I'm not qualified to take it on and I'm yeah. gonna, I don't have time for it. I run a business. I don't have time to do, to do this, this thing. This is not in my wheelhouse. Right. Now you say that things have changed in the last few years. What are some things you've seen change uh, that should give business leaders hope that, that this can be changed on their bottom line? best tool that's ever been invented in healthcare to involve members of an insurance company to be consumers of healthcare. We've never been consumers. The best tool is an HSA, a health savings account. Why? Well, I don't know how much time you want to go into the details of an HSA. I know that's probably for another podcast, but, mm -hmm. but an employer that is able to offer um, a high deductible, people hate that word, mm -hmm. nobody wants a high deductible, but a, a, a low-cost insurance, but a, on a high deductible. So I guess maybe I'll ask you, Quinn, if you were offered an opportunity to pay a high premium and have a low deductible, would you prefer that to a low premium and a high deductible? Well, you know what? My last place of employment, we actually had a high deductible plan, but they had what was called a health reimbursement account, yeah. an HRA, and we didn't get to keep that but it, it would cover the deductible. You didn't get to keep that. We didn't get to keep okay. it, so it wasn't an HSA. But it was great because we had a high deductible plan, but I didn't pay anything until we hit the deductible. Right. Because I, they had this reimbursement thing. And that was, that was a really, at the time, I thought a really innovative thing to do, to bring down our medical costs. And H HRA is an innovative way, it, but, it, but it still doesn't solve one little problem. Yeah. Would you rather spend, let, let's just call it $500 a month, $500 a month on a low deductible, which that $500 is just going to go to the insurance company and you're covered. You and your spouse are happy because if we ever have a need, mm -hmm. we're covered. Or would you rather take that $500 and have $250 of it go to the insurance and $250 it goes to your savings account, a health savings account? We can talk about why those are important. So which one of those would you rather have? 500, you know you're covered, you're on a low deductible, versus 500, 200, you're keeping. Mm -hmm. You said it just a minute ago, well, I never hit my deductible. Yep. I never hit my deductible. How many people don't hit their deductible? That's an interesting percentage. And so if you don't hit your deductible, you've just given away money that you weren't going to use. And HSA allows you, you're paying yourself for health care. You're saving that, and if next month you don't, you have now $500, and the next month you have $750. Each month, you're giving yourself money for the month that you do need to use the health care. Yeah. It's a scary thing because, again, I'm gonna say the word, high deductible health plan. <laughs> I don't wanna be on a high deductible. Oh, really? If a high deductible allows you to save your money, I would rather spend $5,000 at the time I needed it than have a deductible of $2,000 and still spend that $500 a month. Mm -hmm. If you go do the math on a spreadsheet, you're spending more money on a low deductible that you just give the money away every month to the insurance than if you have a high deductible and you keep the money in case you need it. Yeah, and you know, this is such an important piece uh, because this is, a, this is employee education. 
If you're an employer and you go and you say, well, we're going to do a high deductible health plan, but we're going to do an HSA that will offset your costs. First of all, this is going to be presented in open enrollment along with right. the life insurance well, really and the wellness program. And oh, here's your bicycle allowance. And, and oh, and here's what we're adding to the cereal bar. So all of that gets dumped on the employees at once. Now, John, one of the things I think that I, I've just been blown away with with you is the way you have done employee education. I am so impressed with how you and, and Motive and your team have taught members to shop for their care. How did you do that? And what advice can you give about teaching their employees these concepts? Well, I don't always like talking about myself, but let's do it. Hey, you, there's a microphone <laughs> sitting in front of you. Let's do that it. That ought to be a signal. A lot of people ask me why, after 25 years of running your own marketing communications firm, did you take a job with an insurance company? And I say, well, for one, I believe in the industry. I believe in the change that, that, that can happen. I'm tired of just selling ads and marketing about it. I wanted to dive in and do it and found a vehicle here at Motive Health where we could do it. And so. Um, I look at this and I just think that there is so much opportunity to help educate people. Back to my, my, my two original things when I was assessing uh, with my spouse, do we, do we take a job? Are we, are we going to solve some of the problems of healthcare and to what extent is our role? And I'm looking at that thinking, well, the problem with insurance is nobody trusts it. The problem with insurance is nobody understands it. Those are the two big problems with, with insurance. And insurance companies could do a lot to help people overcome that. Well, all right, this is now officially on me. What am I personally gonna do to help Motive Health overcome that nobody trusts us and nobody understands us? To came up with an idea, why don't we create Motive U? How about if we create our own little university environment and let's come up with courses that do discuss Insurance 101. HSAs. Why an HSA? And so we deep dive into to that. Um, all the things about benefits in general and, and how this benefits a company and how us as users, consumers of healthcare can participate in the rising cost and the lowering of the cost of healthcare by being educated and demanding it. So we came up with this whole little university program. We pay all of our members $50. It takes you about an hour to go through the whole thing. And if you look on our uh, little Google reviews, most people reference MotiveU. I never knew that, mm -hmm. is what they say. And I'm looking at it going, this is the easiest stuff. I mean, why why did you never know that? Why why has this been such a quiet conversation? And I hate to say this, if we're gonna throw anyone under the bus, it's because we're in an industry where they've never asked the questions. Mm -hmm. They've never wanted to know. Uh, nobody in the industry has wanted to divulge what things cost. If you're, if you're two different hospital systems, do you think they're gonna blatantly show you, well, you can deliver a baby here for nine grand and down the street, well, you can deliver a baby here for 8,000. Well, I don't know which one's better. Well, the same doctor can go to the same place. Well, we over here, we can deliver that baby for 2,500. Wait, what? Mm -hmm. So now you get this like concept, are you the Walmart of healthcare? Uh -huh. You guys are the Nordstrom <laughs> of healthcare? And it's not, I mean, showing that the quality of healthcare is the same at different places, but some are willing to be open about their prices and others are trying to hide it. Some are trying to say, well, we're the Mercedes of healthcare. And I say, no, it's a little bit more like buying a really nice pair of jeans. 
You could go to Nordstrom and spend $300 on that pair of jeans. You could go to Kohl's and spend about $100 on that pair of jeans. Or if you're really lucky, you could find it at Marshall's or Ross or one of those for $25. Same pair of jeans, but it depends on how they're branding and how they're marketing. And that's, that's what we call the consumerization of, of healthcare. People, if we can teach them to shop and to understand prices, our job becomes, how about if we, how about if we build a system where people could understand the differences in, in, in the cost of healthcare. So you mentioned MotiveU, Motive University, and you said, we pay people $50 to go through and become educated. Is that Motive that's paying that or is that the employer that's paying that? It's Motive that's paying it. Wow, so how does that help you? Obviously you want consumers because your, your model is we're gonna be transparent, but what's the case for that? Why would we pay our members to get educated? Yes. Smart members save money, period. The smarter they are, the more that they know. If we can save $2,500 by helping one of our members know, you can go get an MRI down at USMRI. Or, uh, there's plenty of places our business is helping understand, well, what's the cost of healthcare and where can you get that? And we put that into a provider procedure search tool and let people pick. L let me give you an example. It'd be like, we want to fly to Maui. We want to go to Hawaii. It's time for vacation. We want to go to Hawaii. Where are you going to go? Well, nowadays, a lot of people used to go to Trivago or Kayak or one of these, these search tools. Nowadays, they just Google it. Google flights. And, and you can say, wow, okay, so, honey, we can fly to Maui for $1,500 each first class. Or we could fly to Maui for, they got flights for $350 right now each. We have to have two-hour layover in LA, but it's, it's $350 each versus you know, $1,500 or $2,500 for all, all in. Then you're now making an educated decision. Mm -hmm. and, and that's how you save money. We're an insurance company. Our job is to pay for health care. But our job is also no reason we can't show them. You want to know the, the best way for you to deliver a baby? You could do this at a brand new hospital right here in Lehigh and save yourselves $5,000 over some of the, the, the big name brands. Brand new hospital, brand new birthing suite. Save $5,000. If I'm a 20-something having my first baby, you know how much difference $5,000 makes? And for us as an insurance company, guess what happens when we don't have to pay that $5,000? Those premiums for their company that they work for stay down. So we don't have the 8% increase. Yeah. So. Yeah, so we talk about how important these, these benefits are for recruiting, retention, and overall health and happiness of our employees. But if they're not using them well, they're not as valuable as they could be. If you, go, if you come out of an open enrollment meeting and you say, well, the benefits just aren't that great, but they in fact are, they just haven't been marketed well, then that benefit's not doing its job. Yeah. So is there any suggestions you have that you can give to employers to help them raise the perceived and actual value of their, their benefits just through marketing and education? Yeah, no, I think when somebody finishes Motive U, A, an employer could encourage all of their members to do Motive U. Now, it works for the employee and their spouse. 
So therefore, they get $100, mm-hmm. quite frankly. <laughs> um, we've got all kinds of programs that we're, we're spending money on, like a, a walking program. If an, if an employee will do the walking program, they can earn $250 a year into their HSA. And if their spouse does it, it's $500. Simple math. Okay, but walking program. Is this like the wellness thing where we, everybody gets a pedometer or something? Sure. Yeah, we have a Motive Tracks unit, or they can use their Apple Watch or their Garmin or whatever. Or they can really just get in and log it. Ultimately, our motive is we want people to log into their member portal mm-hmm. where, where they can start to see. We, we display for them what their missed opportunities were. But likewise, we give a report card to the employers where they can log in and see what were our company's overall missed opportunities. We're leaving 200 grand on the table. What does that mean? And that should turn their head to say, guys, guys, you're not using the insurance the right way. When they finish Motive View, you want to know what the number one message is of every course. We have, we have five courses and each one of those has three or four lessons in it. The number one go-to act-on message is call us. (laughs) We literally have 24-7, 365 personal health assistants. We call them PHAs. Our our big service that we offer for medical and for pharmacy is call us. If you need help navigating all of these questions and it's new to you, call us. We will help you find the best care at the best price. And that's, that's what we're trying to get them to do. So if an employer could really just say, call. when you Before you have a procedure, call. And they will give you your options. The problem is a lot of times, um, you know, in, in the past years, there was a, a major promise by a, a politician who said, you know, no, we're, we're going to change healthcare. It's going to be great. And if you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor. Problem is, think about it. How many of us actually have a doctor? How many of us have a doctor that we like? We have a doctor that we like and we want to keep. Some, but that's not what we're really talking about. We're talking about specialists. When you need to get a knee replacement, a hip replacement, like I said, a hernia repair or an MRI or whatever it is that's beyond your primary care, that's your doctor that you like. You now no longer have a doctor that you like or you care. Who are you going to go to? Whoever your primary care doctor tells you to go to. Mm -hmm. And that's where you lose all control over what does it cost, how, how effective is it, and so on and so on. You trust their opinion, but it's probably one of their buddies or somebody that's in their, their system, and, and that's usually fine. We're just trying to say, you know what? You've got options now, and we are going to tell you. There's, there's three major hospital systems in Utah. Most cities, we're now getting into Nevada, and they have three major hospital systems. Each one of those has different prices. Each one of them has different contracted rates. And it might be important for you to know, okay, my doctor that I like and I care and I want to keep is telling me I need an MRI. And that doctor, she's telling me I should go to you know this place or this place. I don't know what the cost is. And they, I, I can't even ask them, well, what is the cost of that? They don't know. Mm-hmm. They're just saying, well, this is where I've always sent them. Yeah. We do know. And we're saying, call us. And we will let you know, well, that place is 3,500, that place is 2,000, and this place is 500. Which one do you want to go to? Well, I don't want to go to 500. That must, like, that, that must be in the Walmart next to the subway, right? I mean, that's like, no, it's at a, well, why do you have that? Because we have a, by the way, it's a cash price. If we pay cash upfront for it, rather than run it through insurance, then we get a $500 price. Let me ask you, is 500 better than 2,500? Which would you rather have? So. We get down to that. Bottom line, employer, 
help your members know just call us mm -hmm. and we will help you one other final quick thing we're yeah. we're adding a deal i'm going to give a plug to a, a program called maya md m-a-y-a-m-d we're, we're pioneering this with them it's ai it's an artificial intelligent discussion with a computer where you tell them about what your symptoms are. You're no longer talking to a doctor or whatever, you're talking to a, a very highly programmed medical uh, virtual assistant that helps you now navigate where, where you should go. And so if that helps you rather than trying to find, well, what's the term for this? How do I do this? You're just talking to somebody. And when they say, actually, I'm going to forward you on and you're going to have a virtual doctor join us here in just a couple minutes, that's one of the benefits. Or, no, actually, I think I'm going to forward you on to a PHA at Motive Health and then well, you can talk to them. But they become kind of our virtual gatekeeper. Okay. We'll see how that goes, but it's just <laughs> another way to educate people. Well, I'll link to Maya in the show notes so that people can get there. Um, so what... I'm seeing from Motive, and this is just as an observer, is you're going to great lengths to help your customers save money. I have had experiences with other insurance companies where it doesn't seem feel like they're aligned. Uh, and I've always put that down to, correct me if I'm wrong here, a lack of skin in the game. So what are the incentives? How are they aligned between the, in, the incentives of the insurance company and the incentive of the employer and the incentive of of the patient, the, the employee, ultimately. How does that work and how have you changed things here? Well, one way, one thing that's business 101, every business is in the business of keeping clients. So to a certain extent, um, insurance companies want to keep their clients. And that means they gotta keep them happy. But back to that 8%, it's just an accepted norm in the industry. So when an insurance company is like, well, yeah, no, we're only raising you 7% this year. The employer says, man, they, they saved us 1%. They're such a great, great group, great company. And to your point earlier, they really are not that invested or involved in the actual insurance. They just want to know they've checked the box and their employees are happy and they're not getting any negative feedback from their employees about, well, we don't get to go see the right doctors and blah, blah, blah. So as long as that, that world is spinning in homeostasis and that a company and the insurance company can, can shake hands and go golfing twice a year and maybe get jazz tickets and that type of thing every once in a while, they're all happy. But they're not asking the question, what, what if you didn't have to raise your premiums 8%? What if there was a way? And Motive Health, we offer back a portion of unused premiums at the end of every year. Let me say that again. I'll say it differently. Can you find an insurance company, all the ones you've dealt with, that have ever given a sizable thousands of dollars check back to the employer because it was unused premium? We didn't have to dive into it, like the HSA. All your employees got to keep some money. We didn't use all of your premium. We're giving you a percentage of that back. And so that's part of the business model of Motive Health. Now, I don't want to say we're in the business of not making money. We are. But we find... The, the, the model tweak that Motive Health has implemented is really if you save money, we, we save money. And when we save money, we, we make money. We make money by saving money to, to our members, and that keeps them happy. We're going out on a limb saying, how about if we show you what things cost? How about if we start showing you how much money is totally being spent by your company, just your company and all your employees, and versus the year before? Look, you're starting to do the programs. Your, your payments went down 30% by just doing the programs. 
They still went and saw as many medical procedures as they needed and so on, but your costs went down because you're finding cheaper alternatives. You're using our programs. We are symbiotically involved in this. We as an insurance company are not having to spend more money on your members' decisions because they're going to places that, that we've highlighted as, as optimal. Wow. This is such an easy way for a company to, to, to really reduce its costs. Instead of nickel and diming, there, there are other expenses. Really go after that second or third largest thing that's on your, on your balance sheet. Yeah. Okay, so the motive model, I think, is really important. Is this what you would call a level-funded plan? Is that what you're, you're doing? Sure. We have level-funded. Like I said, we, we still offer the gamut of, of health insurance to people's um, uh, comfort level, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but, but yeah, the, the best way to do this, as we've said, whether it's level funding or just HSA-based plans, is really what we're trying to help people get to. Because um, after two years on it, their employees start to realize, I've saved up a few thousand dollars, and they become even more invested at, at, at that point. But yeah, we do offer the other. And I do want to just go back on one thing. Mm -hmm. um, we're throwing out percentages now. Obviously, it depends. Sure. It, it depends, it depends, it depends. But in general, knowing beforehand what something costs leads you to make different decisions than if you didn't know. Um, the, the typical uh, stereotype in insurance is you can't wait till October because by then you've generally met your deductible and now it's a run on the bank and just go get every <laughs> procedure right. that, you, that you ever want. Well, what's that going to do to your company's premiums? They're, they're, they're going to go up. But when you're consistently just going where you, where you need a procedure, when you need it, I mean, we want people to use their health care. We want them to use their insurance. Mm -hmm. We just want them to know what they're using and what their options were. So call it level funded, call it HSA, call it copay, whatever type of plan style, we can, we can uh, concoct that to your to your interest but but we find that when people are educated they make educated smarter decisions do you feel like the motive model is going to spread and if so this there will be people who are listening to this who are not here in the Mountain West area how can they go about finding such a, a deal in their market what would they be looking for sure um, it's already spreading I mean I, I'd like to say that we concocted this we didn't we didn't. I mean, HSAs came out and um, health share, liberty share. I mean, I'm not not trying to throw any plugs for, for some of these companies, but but you're starting to see where where certain populations are saying, if we took a little bit more control, a little bit more interest, what if we all dove in and became a, a an insured population because we're committed to not smoking or we're committed to living a certain lifestyle and so on, and they they end up sharing their their costs they find that that's another way to, to decrease their, their benefits. So I, I think my biggest plug, and I'll go out on a limb here to say, the less government involvement in this, the better. Government typically is not very efficient at things. I mean, if you want insurance to be run like the DMV, then great, by all means, let, let's go that route. Government does have a role in, in health insurance, does have a role in even paying, making sure like Medicare, Medicaid, those, those are all great, great programs and can be tweaked and evolved and so on. But I just find that in general, there are groups where they are being transparent about the costs and you can find them in every state. And companies like ours are spilling over to multiple states. And so 
Yeah, if you are willing to be committed to, to, to learning more and, and being um, apprised of what things cost, you can find a program that, that does that. Old school insurance, I think, is dying. It just absolutely is. Okay, well, that's great. This is the, what I want, to ta- want you all to take away from this. No matter where you are, the market has gotten so messed up that there are market responses to the, the mess that is healthcare. And they exist in your market, wherever it is you are. Are MotiveView programs available on your website for anybody, or is it just available for your employers? It's a great question. Uh, getting paid for, for going through MotiveView courses is not available to anyone. You've got to be a member. Sure. But yeah, we put our content out there. I mean, it's on, it's on Vimeo. It's on YouTube. It's on our website. We are not trying to exclusivize our content. We want people to to know this. We found um, brokers out there are being asked by their employers, hey, what about this concept mode of health? And we spend a lot of time educating brokers. We, ha- we, we live in a world with, with brokers and we have to, um, they are the ones that we interact with to, to get to companies. Mm-hmm. We generally don't go to company direct. But yeah, brokers are starting to understand what we're offering and the employers are starting to see it and they can go right to motivehealth.com and we have video pages and so on. Well, this has been a fascinating conversation. There's one question I ask all of the guests. What is one thing a business leader can do today to either improve their benefits situation or just to change their relationship with dealing with my employee medical benefit? Yeah. One thing they could do is literally call us today, call and ask, hey, I want to know a little bit more about how we could save money as a company. We don't guarantee, but generally, across the board, we can save you at least 10% on your annual premiums. If 10% is motivating enough, back to your 300,000 mm-hmm. or 500,000, if that's motivating in one year, call us and let's see what we can do. Have your broker contact us and let's see what we can do. We, we will make it as easy as possible. We've got all the tools, we've got all the videos and everything that we can send, not only to your employees, but to their spouses so that when they miss mm-hmm. open enrollment, they can be on board. But if you really want to help your employees, one final thing I'll say as we're wrapping up, an important thing about health savings accounts is that when your employee does move multiple states away for another job or their spouse or whatever, um, that money that they made and saved and you were contributing into their HSA is theirs. It's a benefit that they keep. And that's why we'd say you, you want to do one thing, make sure your employees are on a HSA-based mm-hmm. plan where they can keep their money. Yeah, yeah. Turnover, we don't want turnover, obviously, as employees but, or employers, but we know that it's going to happen. And this is a fabulous benefit we're going to give you something that's portable for your health care. Yeah. 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 And another time we can talk about time value of money, but go do the calculation. If you started something like this at, at any age, what does it, what do you have in your HSA in five years? What do you have in your HSA in 10 or 20 years? And it's crazy. The average retired person after age 65 is going to spend 250 to $300,000 for the rest of their life on medical. That's when the bulk of their medical is going to, to, to be paid. And if you've got HSA, it's earmarked for that. And even if you don't want to use your HSA for that, you can use it for anything. We didn't talk a lot about HSA and the tax mm-hmm. benefits and so on. But, but the point is, is that's something that an employer can incentivize their employee with is having health savings accounts. Well, we're going to have to have a round two to talk just about HSAs um, because it's, it's such an important topic. 
and the tax benefits and the discussion around how is this a compelling benefit for employee recruiting and retention, that all needs to happen. So we'll, we'll need to have a round two with that. But I just want to wrap up. John, thank you so much for all your great information. Uh, I will post in the show notes uh, links to your information, um, to Motive Health, to Motive You, to Maya, and anything else that we talked about in this, in this conversation. Is there anything that you'd like to add or any way that you'd like to invite people to connect with you? Uh, they can connect with me anytime they want. Jay Anderson, S-O-N, at MotiveHealth.com. There's no E in Motive, but um, well, actually, I guess there is in, in Health. But <laughs> So M-O-T-I-V Health.com. Um, yeah, I'd love to talk with anybody that has questions about this. Yeah, there is one final thing, and maybe we can get into it another time, but um, you have not mentioned a whole lot about epic surgery, but we are starting to reach out to surgery centers that are of like mind. To centers that are, want to be open about the costs, centers that want to bundle costs. You you started to, to go there with. There's basically three core costs of every medical procedure. There's the physician's fee, and again, they're not the problem. There's the facility fee, and there's the um, anesthesia fee. And one or two of those end up being a big surprise to people because mm -hmm. they thought, oh, I thought I paid for this, and mm -hmm. now here's another two or three thousand dollars that I, I thought we paid for this. Now I hate my insurance company. I hate my company. I hate everything because it was a surprise and if you're open up front. So what we try to do is, is uh, really push and partner with cash pay concepts. We call it smart pay. Um, your company, um, Epic Surgery Center here in Utah, is one of these that's starting to, that, that concept is starting to pop up more and more, where we pay for the procedure up front because we know the cost. We're saving anywhere from 30 to 58% on, on medical procedures by paying cash rather than putting it on layaway for nine months until we get mm -hmm. a magic bill. Um, so that's a really, really important concept that we could detail another time. But the final thing I wanted to, to reference in there, we have a program called called Motive Advance. And Motive Advance is set up for people that do recognize, I can save 50% if I pay for it up front. Well, I don't have all that money. I don't have that amount oh. in my HSA or so on. We have a program called Motive Advance, wherein we work with their employer and we advance their HSA payments for the year so that they can cover it. Again, it benefits us to help them cover that. Mm -hmm. And it benefits them because they, they, they get the uh, re reduced cost. So, um, there's, there's a lot more elements to this simplified discussion we've had today about what employers can do. But. Yeah. You know, John, this has been such an interesting conversation. And what I've loved about it is how many solutions you have provided. We haven't even had time to go over all of them. And all of these solutions are available to you as an employer if you're willing to just go out and look for them. That's right. And it really doesn't matter what market you're in. These things are widespread across the country. Well, I'll be posting, like I said, John's information as well as links to what we've talked about in this episode and an index of when we talked about everything. So if there was a particular topic that you want to go back to, you can just go right back to that one. That's all at payerrevolution.com. That's where you can also ask me questions that I can put to the experts. I'll be back in two weeks with another episode from an industry thought leader that will help you join the payer revolution. And until then, viva la revolucion. Hey folks, it's Quinn with a bonus postscript to this episode, which I found as I was editing. This was recorded in our sound check period, but it's a 45 second nugget of wisdom from John that I think you'll enjoy. So enjoy. 
You know, I've found in doing marketing for, for years and years and years, specifically in the healthcare industry, most people when they get a job, yes, how much am I gonna get paid is an important conversation to have with your, your spouse when you go home. Hey, what are we getting paid? What, what's the job offer? But the most important thing to most spouses is what insurance do we have? Mm -hmm. Do we have insurance? Mm -hmm. Why? Well, because they magically cover said costs. Uh, I just know I'm gonna go pay a copay, take out a chunk of our monthly pay, and somehow we're just covered. And by the way, what doctors can we go to? So what network are we on? That's an important mm -hmm. one too. But that's about as far as we get involved in the decision-making process of healthcare.